Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to Gaze on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, no, this episode will suck the blood right out of you. (laughs) We'll be talking about Renfield. Remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature. So as always, do proceed with caution. But before we get to that, I'm dying to know what you've been watching recently, gang. Okie doke. Well, I think I've harped on a lot about Succession, so... Whilst I will signify that I am still watching, I'll just say that I'm still watching, and you should be too, to you and listeners. I'm not going to bother. Speaking of you, I'm on season four of You. Me? You, um, (laughs) which moves to London. Um, I'm only a couple of episodes in, but still enjoying it. Still pulpy, quite... um, Keeps you intrigued, um... One of those with Netflix where it like ends an episode on a cliffhanger, so you just want to watch another one. Mm, they know what they're doing with them. Time. Yeah. And then we've watched, we've also finished Mandalorian season three, and we went to see Evil Dead Rise last night, but we won't really discuss them as we're going to do them on upcoming ep- up, oh my god, upcoming episodes. But I will comment about Evil Dead. So in the run-up to Evil Dead Rise, we've been doing a franchise watch, haven't we? Yeah, so we've watched all four of the previous ones and then we went to the cinema to see the new one last night. Yeah, and we watched the Evil Dead 2013's remake, The Evil Dead, um, which we will probably talk about when we do the Evil Dead Rise podcast because Mm. this one was very much a... A like for like remake it felt like of the first one whereas the one that we saw last night felt a lot more inventive um mm. than the previous one um it was fine it was just it just was the very 2013 much a, remake yeah it? it was very yeah. much just a rehash of of the others and it and it does try its best to kind of recapture the original and i wrote in my thought... box review that it does it does on some levels yeah. but yeah I thought of them all, adjusting for time, not adjusting for time, uh, I think the 2013 one was the one that I found the scariest to watch. Yeah, it was quite scary. Yeah. Because it goes back to that cabin, like, doesn't it? When it... I'm watching a scary film, I do this thing where I look like to the left or the right of the screen, so I can still see what's going on, but it's not going to jump out directly at me. And of the five films, I think that's the one that I was looking not directly at the screen at for most. Oh, interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, because when we first watched it, I fell asleep, so you were watching it all on your own. On my own. In the well, dead I of watched night. it on my own in, on the, the night after. Yeah. 
Anyway, more on that when we come to our Evil Dead episode. Episode, yeah. Yeah. And then we're currently at my parents in Middlesbrough. Um, So we're recording on Sunday, but on Saturday we kind of had a chill day because the weather wasn't very nice. So we just put a film on and we went through Disney Plus and we landed on Toy Story 4, which you hadn't seen. I didn't even know they did a fourth Toy Story until probably quite late last year when you told me. Mm. Um, And actually I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think Toy Story is one of those franchises. Every time they've made a new one well when they announced toy story 3 i was as many of my peers a bit nervous for them to revive what was such a significant childhood influence on us and it was really good mm. was toy story a big thing for you as a kid yeah we used to watch it all the time at my yeah. grandparents house i used to love well i, I love to- i like them all but i think toy story 2 is my favorite yeah toy story 2 is Banging. I used to love that airport chase scene with Bullseye and Jesse. Yeah. And Stinky Pete. Yeah. <laughs> that um, was well good. So when they, when I found out they'd done a fourth one, I was, I think, as dubious again. Because I was like, oh, let's not beat a dead horse. But it was great. I loved it. I think it was weird about the fourth one, though, because Toy Story 3 had quite a bit of finality to it like yeah when the toys all went off to bonnie yeah you felt like well that would be a good place to stop it but i think because they just make so much money and they're such a popular franchise mm-hmm. they do look for good ways to try and and i think that's exactly what they did they found a good way to continue it even though they'd left it with like a final point anyway um it didn't feel like forced or phony or like it was undoing what they'd done before so yeah i Obviously, we had Lightyear as well last year. Yeah. But that didn't do particularly... That did shockingly well for a film that... I don't think people could work out what it quite what it was. I liked it. I liked it, but I think people like... It's not a Toy Story film. It wasn't supposed to be a Toy Story No, but film. I think from a marketing perspective, people couldn't, couldn't work out what it was. Yeah. But again, like they have announced that they will be doing a fifth film. Um, cool. So we'll, well if it's the... anything like the other four, then um, I look forward to it. Yeah, but that's pretty much... Yeah, honestly, I've not really had time to watch anything else. Yeah, we've had a busy week, haven't we? Yeah. We're going to see how how to blow up a pipeline tonight. Um, so yeah. we'll probably, we won't do an episode on it, but we'll probably mention it... Next time. Next time, and put a review on our Insta. Yeah. Um, what's been in the news... Well, staying on Pixar, um, it's been announced that Pixar's Elemental will close Cannes Film Festival, which is a big vote of confidence, because when you look back on other Pixar films that had been shown at Cannes Film Festival before, this is the fourth, Mm -hmm. and the previous three were Inside Out. Which I loved, which I also loved, which I think I loved, I only saw it one time though maybe i need to rewatch that again i soon. think soul got a bit disrupted because it was 2020 and it went on yeah Disney i was gonna Plus say i remember and... watching it in lockdown yeah but if it's on par of inside out and up then we're in for a, a good nice pixar film and Ace. it's definitely going on to the cinemas so cool that's where i believe pixar films belong so i just wanted to comment on that and then also as i mentioned before we're recording on sunday but starting tomorrow is a big week in cinema and there'll be lots of news released, so 
in the next episode in, when we have news there'll probably be a lot of talk about this but it's CinemaCon in oh that's Vegas. what that word is you wrote the word CinemaCon on the notes and I've been looking at it for about 10 minutes trying to work out how to say it yeah. yes. well this is the the industry event where all of the big studios so you've got Paramount, Sony, Disney Warner Brothers, Universal, Focus Features they all do like a two hour slate on like a two hour presentation on what's coming up sometimes they release things um that we've not that we don't know about yet or they'll give mm. updates on films that are coming out this year but also they'll kind of talk a little bit about the future um the flash after warner brothers finished their presentation will be screened in its entirety mm-hmm. so we'll see if it's as good as everyone has kind of James Gunn said it was one of the best superhero films ever made. and He will hope so, so then. And I think it's good when they do this because Top Gun Maverick screened there last year and it really started to build the hype up for that film. Yeah. So if it's good, then um, we'll see. That was see. such a good film there. And Disney slash 20th Century are also screening The Boogeyman, so, which doesn't come out till June. So they've obviously got confidence in that to, for people to start reacting to it. So, yeah, big week coming up. I love a good, like, con. A like good a con. convention. Like, I like when all the news comes out of CinemaCon. I yeah. like when they do it, when all the news comes out of Comic-Con in August. Yeah. That always is an exciting week. So, yeah, lots lots going on. Cool. Well, what time we've had. But now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. And what have we got this week, Ned? Well, sticking with the scary theme, I think, of this episode, we've got the latest instalment in the Insidious franchise, um, which I believe is called Insidious, The Red Door. Shall we watch it? Mm. As ever, um, links in the show notes if you'd like to watch along, and we'll see you after the sparkles. Okay, so... Insidious the Red Door appears to be set 10 years after the first one. Well, it's a direct sequel to 1 and 2 because it follows that boy. Yeah. So it's a good point because I don't think I've seen 3 and 4 and I've got that much to watch. I don't think I'm going to watch 3 and 4 before I see. Well, if I'm honest, I was a bit underwhelmed by the first one when I watched it in sixth form about 10 years ago. And I just never bothered with any of the others, but maybe See, I'll I really watch the liked second it. one. I thought it was really scary. I remember watching it on my own and it really frightened me. Mm. Is it... So that boy that's in the first one, so this is set ten years after and he was in a coma and yeah. he can't remember it. Is he... Is it like how... Is it like demons getting out of... And attaching onto him because I always remember they used to take photos of him and they'd be in the background, wouldn't they? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to see if they've cast the same boy. Well, what's interesting about this is Patrick Wilson, who stars in the films, um, as Josh Lambert is. Oh, it is the same. Is it the same boy? The same boy as the one that's going to college in this one. Oh, that's cool because yeah. quite often young actors don't end up then becoming actors in later life. They kind of leave it behind. Mm, especially horror. Yeah. Um, but oh, he was also in The Whale. Patrick Wilson 
um, is making his directional debut. Um, and the story is by Lee Winnell, who I think did The Invisible Man. Well, The Invisible Man was scary. So if if he has that kind of yeah. approach to it after that, then... Okay, fair enough. Well, maybe I'll watch the second one if this is a direct sequel from it, but I'm probably not going to bother with three and four. Yeah. No, me neither. Okay. Would you give it trash or treasure on this one? Um... I was like, it was fine, so I don't know if that constitutes as trash or treasure. I think I'm going to trash it. I think I might as well. I'm not the biggest fan of the Insidious franchise full stop, which makes me a tough crowd to sell it to. Yeah. And the trailer looks fine, but it's not good enough for me to hold on to it. Resounding. No. Sorry, Insidious, the red door. I mean, we'll probably see it. We'll probably watch it, but (laughs) it's... uh, trash as far as the trailer goes yeah it wasn't the best no. so and now we move on to this week's headline feature renfield which is coming up just after this quick break hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So, Renfield, then? Let's go, yeah. Have you got a synopsis for this one? I did write a synopsis, actually, yes. Come on, then. Okay. Let's start there. And I even, I wrote it, and I was like, that's too long. I'll cut this down. You're learning. Well done. Okay. I'll set the scene. Soft-natured Renfield has been Count Dracula's familiar for over nine decades, providing him with a supply of virgins and nuns to feed on. (laughs) Renfield's mission directs him to a support group for people stuck in toxic relationships. When Dracula learns that Renfield is attending the support group, he amps up his manipulative power over Renfield, who fights against all odds to do the right thing by others and give himself the life he deserves. Yeah, good. That's good. Um, 
build it. So where do we, where do we start? I would say this film is the the film's tone is certainly not for everybody. I don't think. It's um, it's definitely the comedy side of horror comedy. Yeah, and there's and at times I actually did feel the tone slightly grating. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I quite enjoyed it. It's a very silly type film. Like, there's a lot of it's gratuitous violence for comic effect, not for the wow factor, isn't it? Yeah, and I did. Yeah, I did find it funny. Um. And I thought, yeah, it and it was quite cool to see a lot of the Dracula references in a modern day setting. Um, yeah, I did like it. I think as far as a um, a kind of fresh take on the Dracula IP goes, um, this is quite a fun way to tell Renfield's story. And it's good that it's from a Renfield perspective because we don't often see that. And I mean, a lot of Dracula films don't even really have re- a reference to Renfield in anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I and I do think it was quite original because we do get a lot of takes on Dracula still. Totally. We've got one already coming this year. What is it? The Voyage of the Dawn, like the last oh, Voyage the of the Demeter, Demeter or yeah. something. Um, so that, and then we've got. Nosferatu, which is Robert Eggers' new film, who did The Northman. Yeah. Although that's kind of Dracula adjacent kind of thing. That's like original cinema vampire, isn't yeah. it? Nosferatu. Yeah. But Nicholas Holt's also in that, which is interesting. Was he? Oh, that's I don't nice know if he's playing Dracula link. this like Nosferatu this time. Um I don't know. But yeah. Um what would you like to talk about? Well, I thought I've got a list of characters because i think the casting in this was a strong point of this film yeah so we could go through the characters if you want yeah let's do it yeah let's go for it well why not start at the top nicholas holt as renfield very charming as renfield yeah kind of cute and mousy which makes for a good renfield he's very kind of um he's got like he's he's tortured by what he's done yeah, for the it 90 definitely years. doesn't align with his moral compass. And you could say, <clears throat> why has it took this long? Because I think that's a that's a fair point to say. You know, he has been doing it for ninety years. years. So what what has changed? But he does. They do move to a new setting, and yeah. I think this new setting kind of. If you were going to say that as a critique, I think the moving in the new setting helps with that. Well, it makes kind of it cover that off. It makes it kind of plausible because you've got obviously, if Renfield is going out every day, yeah, kidnapping somebody to bring them to um, Dracula for him to eat their blood and stuff, yeah, then you know it doesn't take long before somebody cottons on and the authorities get involved and then yeah, locked up in prison, but. It kind of uh, there's a bit of exposition at the start, and you're kind of like, okay, well, that was in the early twentieth century. What are they up to now? How have they got here? And they've been moving around city to city, country to country, and every so often, some. I think the example it showed was like Catholic, almost a bounty hunter, I guess, would come along, do their best to vanquish the vampire, and then 
it wouldn't quite kill him, and then they'd need loads. Spend loads of time recovering, and they'd move somewhere else for him to recuperate, and then it just kind of go on and on. And I think at this point, Renfield ends up. Is it L.A.? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. So he ends up in New Orleans, which I think is quite a cool setting for a Dracula type film. Yeah, because it's got kind of a bit of. it's history, got that gothic history, history with a lot doesn't of, it? Like, yeah, um, fun cultural notes you can. I'd like to know if they to. did it because they just could film there, or they actually chose it as a as a location. Quite a lot of films get filmed in New Orleans, so it might not have been a creative choice. It might just have well, been a let's weave way, it in. Um, either way, I quite enjoyed it. Um, so they're there, and um, I can't remember where I was going with that don't know is that nicholas holt oh yeah and because it's a modern day u.s city nicholas holt ends up in a support group and the impression i get from the media i consume is that americans love a support group so it's like a very believable setting for him to find other people to help align his moral it's quite it's quite funny because it's few years it it, you know it's a 12-step help program for people with like in codependent relationships or abusive relationships and before they all kind of cotton on that it's dracula he's in a abusive relationship with it's quite a funny reference they're all giving him such like what do they say he's gonna have what advice like there's that funny guy who's like yes do that do that like um are you talking about Mark, the support group leader? Yeah. Who I love, played by Brandon Scott Jones. He's funny. He's really, really funny. Um, I like his character because he's such like a welcoming space of like, um, and he turns people's vulnerabilities into a source of power, which I think is really a nice mode to get Renfield's self-confidence back up. Yeah. Which is so strange because you shouldn't really feel sorry for the familiar of a vampire who's been leading virgins and nuns to their deaths for decades but you do um well they like encourage him to say all these positive affirmations yeah. and it, it's got quite a lot of comedic value that you know you will do the renfield might say oh i'm gonna do this and then his character did you um, get a little bit kind of queer coded vibe from mark and the support group type setting i thought he like if it turned out he had a boyfriend or something I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess we um, always look at it from that perspective, but I think it probably wasn't. It wasn't thought of potentially. Do you not think? No. 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 I, well, I liked it anyway. Um, oh, and what I especially liked about Renfield's character. Like, the fact that he's so sort of um, subdued and, like, very sort of feels under the thumb of Dracula makes it even more funny when he eats a bug and gets these, like, superhuman strength powers. Is that a thing of Renfield, or is that just something that you... I've never seen that before. I've never seen or heard of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was referenced somewhere. Because I always thought Renfield just had some like dracula powers because dracula almost when he makes you his familiar he kind of passes some of his power onto you um but it did it did make for quite a funny um 
plot device, I think. Yeah. Of a book. Did you like the fact that they used a voiceover, though? What do you mean? Well, Renfield in a lot of the film is kind of narrating it. And sometimes I don't like that because I think it's a lazy kind of exposition-y kind of... Oh, I quite like it. It's like... Sometimes it's, it's like not. It's like the opposite of show, like not it. tell, isn't yeah. it? Sometimes I don't always like it, but I did quite enjoy this because it was set up from the very start as a Renfield telling his story. Yeah, um, type thing. So it went quite well for me. Um, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what about the other Nicholas involved in this? He was having a lot of fun Cage. with this. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Nicholas Cage's performance. I think he really lent into the comedic value of some of his lines that he's given. And yeah. I like this thing where he says, I, I'm, what's he say? I'm the... The Prince of Darkness. The Prince of Darkness. And then he goes, <gasps> and like puts his fingers to his lips if he said something. It's really like slapstick and yeah, tongue in really, cheek. Yeah, it's very um, silly. But I really like that, and I like the costumes. Mm. I thought they were really good. I thought his makeup his fangs and pres- were so funny. Yeah, they were. They were. I like how they do different fangs because yeah. sometimes really vampires have just normal over. teeth, and then when they're about to feed, they'll grow like yeah, they get like pointy canines. Yeah, but then it, and in, and he did get pointy, but a lot all of but his all teeth of his were teeth pretty, were which I think helped with the if if you're going for such a violent tone. They need some sort of weapon to yeah definitely to use at all times so yeah. yeah um and i think looking at it through the lens of like the support group for people in codependent relationships type vibe um nicholas cage's dracula played everyone's favorite dickhead boyfriend impeccably yeah like as soon as he learned that renfield was starting to have independent thought he like amps up the manipulation and the gaslighting and all sorts and just to reaffirm his power over him and all of this i think my favorite bit where they weaved in like vampire law was when dracula turns up at the help self-help group and he's stood at the door yeah and (laughs) and mark characters like oh come on in <laughs> and i was like, <laughs> like no, no 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 don't do it don't do it I thought and the other bit where quite... that bit that piece of law was brought in was um renfield's apartment that he gets in secret and he does it all up um and the welcome mat says welcome come on oh and yeah that's like the reason that dracula can get come into in his flat yeah and, like wait for him to come home yeah that was quite that was funny, that was funny. yeah yeah um, no i liked i liked i don't always like nick cage i think find him a bit of a Marmite actor. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. But I didn't particularly... We didn't... We weren't great fans of um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, were we? No. Um, and obviously that was him playing himself. himself. Um, what so, about... Did you like Renfield's apartment? I really liked Renfield's apartment. It was cute because it, it matched his jumper that he was wearing when he was yeah. trying to blend in to be a normal human. And it was almost like, how do I... It was, it was like right. I'm trying to blend into society. I'm going to read one um, interior design book, and I'm going to pick the most garish out there and just. See, I didn't take that from it. The whole like trying to um, blend in. What I thought was that he's been 
stuck wearing dark clothes in order to blend in so that he can get like people lured ah, in. Interesting. And when he finally gets the confidence to like be his true self, he's like, bright colours, I want it bright, I want it happy, I want it fluffy. Um so he goes all out on that and it reflect it's reflected in his interior design choices and in his outfits. That's, That's where cool. I saw it. Yeah. I can see that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But no, it was cute. I thought his jumper was adorable. It was adorable. His little pastel. Looked a bit like one of your jumpers, actually. Did, actually. Yeah. Mm. That's probably why I thought it was cute. Yeah. Um, I could also mention, I could also imagine our friend David W. wearing them. Yeah. I don't think it's ugly enough to be worn by David W. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening. That'd he loves be funny. An, u- an ugly jumper. Um contrast that with where Dracula's living in the basement of an abandoned hospital yeah it's pretty spooky that's not like is is it location relevant to assume that that hospital has been abandoned since say Katrina or something like that or am I just over I mean that's a reach that could be a thing it could be plausible it could just just be it's probably just an abandoned hospital fair enough yeah Um, I liked how they set up the room with all of those blood bags and things dangling yeah it was spooky yeah made it cool like when the crime cartel went there they were like what the hell is this room artist yeah Um, aquafina well i did wonder if you wanted to segue into the crime cartel before we get to aquafina but happy to do it yeah so i normally get really irked when actors are typecast I just find Aquafina so funny. Yeah, it's not even a problem that Aquafina plays Aquafina all the time. Yeah, she is. Although so she did she that. Does. What was that film she did that was really kind of. She really showcased her dramatic chops. Let me have a quick. Okay, well, basically, Aquafina's character is like she's the badass cop fighting corruption from within. Um. Her backstory is like her and her sister, who's in the FBI, they lost their dad recently because he was murdered by um, this crime family who basically run the city. Like they've got the police, like in all of the institutions in their back pocket. Um, And I really like. Oh, no, I'll come to that point in a minute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Yeah, that's the their story basically yeah Um, like her role in this was very similar to when she was in shang chi yeah but like she plays the friend of the main character and the comedic value is pretty much the same but the film that i was on about where she really is um kind of showcasing her acting skills is called the farewell it's really good um it's a bit similar this maybe not as comedic to when she's in crazy rich asians but i love her in that as well mm. um she's scuttle next in the little mermaid oh is she yeah um she's quite good at voice roles she was good as the the dragon in briar and the last dragon yeah um yeah but she has got a very distinctive voice i think as well and yeah. stance i always think she looks she... dead like <clears throat> like stroppy like from she... one person with a weird walk to another person with a weird walk. <laughs> I she's got a really distinctive walk. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um 
I really like her and Renfield's relationship over this film. Yeah. Um, because it kind of starts out, he uses his bug powers to save her from being shot in the face by this the son of this crime family person. Crime family feels like the wrong phrase. Criminal. Well, it is. They're like a mafia, aren't they, in New yeah. Orleans? Um, at which point he's like, I mean, the choreography of the action in that scene it was so funny. I liked the bit where she said there was that set piece in the apartment block. Is that the action you're on about? No, I'm on about the first one where they're in the, the bar. Oh, that's good as well. And Renfield eats a little bug and then he slices someone's hands off with a decorative serving tray and other such and she says things. doesn't she did i see you slice someone's hands off you yeah and she's like yeah i thought i did yeah she's just <laughs> but so, i liked like, non-plus i liked like, the bit at the nuts. apartment when he's been really violent again and she goes you know when people say i've seen worse this will always be I've that seen was my worse. point that yeah. i was gonna say a minute ago i thought that was a hilarious line yeah she was like yeah, uh, everything I've seen you do today is my worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, really funny. Um, and I like it. I think she has a little bit of depth in there as well. Mm-hmm. And she helps to unpick some of Renfield's depth too. So, yeah, good overall yeah. performance from Aquafina. Um, which brings us to this crime family. Um, ben Schwartz plays Teddy Lobo, who is like the the son, the heir to this mafia, basically. And he is very much like typical, entitled, pathetic, wannabe bad boy with a superiority complex, but he's always somehow too cowardly to do any of the actual dirty work. Like he always pays someone else to do the killing um, and stuff. I didn't really like any of the crime family. I thought they were very... No one-dimensional, you know. Well, they, yeah, we they ca- weren't there to How do we cast depth. a crime family, right? Okay. Um, they don't have very much kind of motivations or intentions. It's just that they want yeah. to keep being the head honchos in New Orleans or... Yeah. yeah, and I am getting... I don't know if this is just me, but I'm getting a little bit bored of this typical entitled pathetic wannabe bad boy character like i feel like we see it in quite a lot of action films now particularly ones where there's like a a family that run things um but also just in general life like can't people start having actual skills and (laughs) earning their way to and i didn't actually think why they needed writing in i think the film could have been done without that plot i don't know it did give them a fun excuse for a lot of blood yeah but that could have been done in different ways yeah a lot of blood yeah um but like fantastical well yeah nobody was actually ever covered in blood no there were scenes where people's arms were ripped off and like the screen was full of blood yeah and then next shot is like renfield and becky who is aquafina's character stood next to each other with like maybe a smudge on their face but like if physics were in any part integrated into the special effects they would be drenched i wonder if they tried to keep like a 15 rating maybe maybe but i thought 
what I liked about it. Like that sounds like a criticism, but actually I quite liked it because it made it feel like shit. Yeah, it wasn't. Which it was all the stylized use of it, it wasn't hit, it? Yeah, and that's what I think makes it hit the right tone. I think if they'd have gone too far in trying to make it look realistic, it would have turned the film into something that's not really that great or entertaining because it's just like this is ridiculous and it knows it. Whereas if it had tried to be good, like realistic, it'd have been ridiculous but not quite in on the joke. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, I think it was in on the joke a lot of the time. Oh, it was 100% in on the joke. Yeah. Um, Just in regards to that crime family, the jokes weren't always necessarily worth having in there. Um, That said, I thought the casting of... Apologies for this pronunciation. Sheree. Sheree Agdashlu. Yeah. As the matriarch of this crime family... Had their characters had a bit more depth or, like, backstory, maybe she could have been, like, fierce, like, uncompromising energy, like, every man wrapped around her little finger, like, really lording it up um, in the style of, like, Ursula the Sea Witch or something like that. Like, she gave me, like, drag queen energy. I think she was quite good at being a mob kind of person yeah and clearly she is because the next thing that she's coming up in is the penguin which from the what oh, we've seen it? looks very kind yeah. of mob-esque kind of in set in gotham so yeah and i knew i recognized her from x-men 3 i yeah. knew i was like why do i know because I, I was just looking at her filmography before we um started and she's not i would there's not a lot of films i know her from but I think both no, her look and her voice is so distinctive. When you do see her, you're like, oh, that that that's her. Um, I knew I recognised her. I just didn't quite know where from. And looking at her filmography, I'm still not quite sure. No, there's a lot either. of films on there I've not seen yeah. or even heard of, to be honest. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that takes us through all the characters, to be honest. Yeah. Um, all the ones worth mentioning, anyway. I liked when stuff would happen to Dracula and he'd turn into like a swarm of bats like they lifted the blinds to set him on fire and he was like fuck ah and turned into a swarm of bats but the bats were on fire and they flew away as well that made me laugh it was also one of those films that puts something in at the beginning which could just be something that isn't touched upon but we we find out that Dracula's blood can heal people because it's yeah. healed Renfield a lot. Yeah. And then uh, Rebecca Aquafina's character stabs him in the foot, and she thinks, and he's like, "Well, what's that going to do?" But then he bleeds down onto Nicholas Holt's character, revives him, uh, onto Renfield and revives him, and yeah. then also at the end, they brought back all of the. All of the support, support group. group and and Rebecca's sister who yeah. was gravely injured in the in the final kind of action scene. Yeah. Um and I, did you get the sense that they were you know, she was like, Oh, I hear you brought me back with Dracula's blood and then they've taken some of the blood away. But I was I think if if there's a sequel to come, something about the sister felt a, a bit Oh, that could well, be I a think further story. There's definitely something you could tap into because she's obviously in the FBI. 
Um, so, I mean, the American government could literally do anything with that, couldn't they? Yeah, I don't um, think we'll see any more. I feel films, like though. if they did that, though, it would it would go a bit far. Like, the, it's not worth doing. Yeah, I don't think this um, film has particularly found its audience either because no. we're currently at a, a box office, worldwide box office of 14.1 million, oh, really? and it cost 65 to make. So, oh, I don't still... think we're going to see any more of this no, not world. Gonna, not gonna which is a shame it. because if you've got, it's only 93 minutes long. So, if you've got like an hour and a half to go to the cinema, and yeah. it, it's, it's a fine it film. Good. Like, this could... is the type of film that. Were I still a child living at home with my brothers and stuff, we would probably have had this on DVD and watched it all the time. Do you reckon? It's one of the, like, there are a few that I can think that it makes me think of in that kind of ilk. Um, I love the word I can't ilk. think of any specific ones right now, but it would definitely have sat on our DVD shelf and probably got scratched. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> we'd watched it so much. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. And I thought some of the camera work was quite fun. Like in yeah, it was action, actually. Yeah. They would, like, slow down for a second so you could get, like, a significant look between yeah. the the main characters and things. And it ended on, like, a, a good bit of, like, comic relief after they'd revived all of the support group. Um, and Mark, the leader, would be like... Oh yeah, you've brought us back, and some and we've seen things we just can't. Oh see. yeah, because they've been dead. And yeah. then it closes on a shot of a jug full of Dracula's blood. Yeah, um, which I thought was a really funny way to to end it. Um, and it rounded off quite an enjoyable ninety minutes, to be honest. And I hope that Renfield manages to continue on building the new life that he he. You know, it's hinting at at the end of the film. Like he deserves. I'm not sure he deserves it. Yeah. Because he was bringing in virgins and nuns for 90 years. I so. And, like, I'm not sure, like, morally where does the line happen because he only did it because he was literally under vampire magic. <laughs> no, no. It's, like, it's it silly. Like you can't, you can't really it. look at it with a real, real no. world lens on it, can you? But I did, like, some of the, like bits where Dracula was gaslighting him and he was like, um, Renfield, actually, you weren't, you didn't become my familiar against your will. You became my familiar because you wanted to make this brilliant deal. Oh, buy deal. the house. Because he was in. a lawyer and he was helping Dracula secure some real estate in London or something in And the he was going to sell up his big Count Dracula castle type yeah. thing. And yeah, and basically Renfield saw that as like the chance of a lifetime to secure his finances for him, his wife and his daughter. And so like, I mean, in theory that deal was for personal gain, but it was, you know, for the responsibility of his family. So I think he probably doesn't deserve to be eternally punished for what he's done. Okay. Is what I mean. Star rating? Um, three stars, but like a really good, like three stars and a like, like I really liked it, but it's just not like good enough. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not objectively good enough to be any higher than three stars, but I, I really it. liked it. I got it. it three, but for me it's, you know, well, you sound like you're more potentially even leaning towards a three and a half, but to me, I could go down to two and a half if, if I needed to because i just for me the tone at times i really had to think just enjoy it Declan. like there was times i thought it's silly 
it's pulpy. Yeah. And it was grating on me a bit, but I kept having words for myself to think, it's a 90-minute film, just sit back and enjoy it, so it's a low three for me. Fair enough. Um, let me just pop and get the gaydar. Okie dark. <laughs> Here we go. Here's the gaydar, he's just getting it out. It's like you're filming an ASMR video when you do that right to the microphone. I always feel like it's like unzipping me fly. <laughs> I'd not thought that. Oh, he's just whipping it out. <laughs> <laughs> Whip out the gaydar. Um, let me just play with the buttons and dials. <laughs> okay. This one is coming out. It's gayer than Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Uh, it's not as gay as Everything Everywhere. Yeah. We've commented a couple of bits on this gaydar rating that I felt like Swiss Army Man almost operated outside of a rating situation. But I would say there's no clearly LGBT characters, I don't think. There are coded characters. Yeah. Um, so and, there's none of that, but, but there it is just a felt point quite camp. That it does feel camp. Yeah. But there's also a point where um, quite early on when... Uh, Dracula's complaining about the people that Renfield brings him and Renfield's like oh well do they have to be like young gorgeous women and he's like why do you have to make it about sex I don't mind I don't care like, oh what they gender just have to, yeah they just have to be pure yeah Um. so that's like the closest it gets to reminding us that Dracula is actually like a really gay story Um. and it's quite this one wasn't but other iterations of Dracula's been quite erotic yeah like bram stoker's one that we watched for and we do have an episode on that if people would like to go back and listen to around october last year yeah in time for halloween um but i even remember like van helsing do you remember the old hugh jackman van helsing i don't think i've seen it oh my god that's a classic i used to watch that all the time another one that that all reminds me of is league of extraordinary gentlemen Another one I've not with seen. With Sean Connery. I did add it to my watch list, yes. The one with Sean Connery? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, it's rubbish, but... Yeah. As a kid, I used to think it was great. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's all for this time. <laughs> if you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And check out our letterboxed accounts. Links to those are in the show notes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. Of course, as always, yeah, let's discuss. I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.